Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive Edinburgh welcome for Johnny and the Baptists! Two, one. And we're live on Saturday night. It's Monday. It's Monday evening. Two minutes to seven. Yep. Um, a little later than planned, owing to some... Um, but what we described on yesterday's Patreon-only podcast, a series of errors and decisions. <laughs> I feel like once we've got through this horrible piece of world history, that might be what we change the name of the podcast to. Or the band. Or the band, exactly. <laughs> unless, unless the endeavour of making Paddy happy and, uh, and hopefully making Johnny happy, I hope that's clear to everyone as well, extends for the rest of our lives and is never achieved. Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, you're, never re- you're a work in progress. Uh, we all are. And, yeah, um... that's why I never get any Edinburgh Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit of an industry joke. Here we go. There's other reasons as well. Yeah, yeah, like humour and, you know, quality, yeah. So, um, it's it's Monday of week four, which means we've now been doing this. We've done three full weeks of this. Yeah, man. Um, last night at 9.30 or 8.30 or 8, it doesn't matter. Mm. Last no. night in the evening, we recorded our third Patreon-only episode. Yep. And I always had in mind that they would be weaker than the rest. Mm. You know, because I, I there's something about a paywall that I find... You know, it's a it's a necessity because we want to make this free. Therefore, yeah. you have to ask certain people. I hope that some people will pay for it in order to help allow it to be free for others. But at the same mm. time, um, and you sort of justify that by giving them free stuff uh, that isn't available to everyone. And I sort of feel like that should be of lower quality. But then at the same time, maybe it should be of higher quality because it's the only thing that's actually um, worth anything, technically, yeah. <laughs> of value. Um, yeah. But yesterday's, I listened to it today, yesterday's Patreon-only episode is a corker. It's it's a club banger. It's, it's mainly about episode. musicals. It, it's, it's a lot of stuff about Evita. Um, I, if you, I, I would say it's worth subscribing just for that. Uh, if you buy us a coffee or you mm. uh, subscribe to Patreon, uh, we'll send it to you. I, I, this wasn't meant to be a prolonged advert at the start. I just listened to it and thought it was very good. But I also wanted to be uh, uh, to say the following things. We recorded an episode last night, which was uh, a slightly sort of strange thing. Yeah, uh, it was frenetic, to, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and we're doing another one tonight. And it, it, we ended up, we've ended up doing these at different times because lives, my life is sort of slightly different this week. And I'll come mm. on to that in a minute. But first, I would like to say... Yeah. Um, we have a, a a patron called Austin Yui or Uil. I'm not sure. How yeah, we've discussed it. his name a few it's times. Why so. Yeah. And I'm sure Austin is an absolutely wonderful person. I'm, I'm fairly certain of it. I, I don't think I've ever met them, but I do know that um, they've replied to a question I had yesterday, which was we were talking about opera, mm-hmm. and I sang. Two very short lines from oh, a yeah. modernist G- um, opera. Uh, Jimmy Legs. Jimmy, Jimmy Legs. And, and oh, heave, oh, heave oh, away, heave. And from that, he was able to tell me, because I was taken to this opera by my school and I couldn't really work out what it was. And I had no really re- recollection of it apart from <laughs> those two things. He was from that able to tell us that it was Billy Budd. Ah. And I just Billy Bragg's think- uh, ill-fated opera. <laughs> Um, um, there will be a reckoning <laughs> for the peddlers of hate <laughs> and it was by Benjamin Britten um, oh wow well done and uh, the libretto right. was by E.M. Forster 
and mm-hmm. Eric Crozier. Ah, I see. Which they feel like they're from different eras, don't they? Yes, very much so. I mean, E.M. Forster feels very much like a sort of turn of the century novelist as he was. I think mm-hmm. it was turn of the century. Oh God! The trouble with just saying any old crap is you can really, you can really seem. E.M. Forster. When was he? Seventy-nine to nineteen seventy. I mean, technically, his stuff. Oh, Room with a View, nineteen oh eight. Would you call that turn of the century? No. Yeah, you're still in the corner, aren't you? I I did a one of my modules on my English degree was called Fin de siècle, and we studied ah, of course. turn of the century writers, uh, and he wasn't on that because he's <laughs> right. too late. So anyway, the point is, is that E.M. Forster, who wrote Passage to India and Room with right. a View. And those sort of things was the librettist alongside Eric Crozier, uh, mm. who was, who of course was in uh, it was who, in Snow Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, Eric Crozier sounds like he was a darts player in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. um, uh, thank you very much uh, uh, for that. Let's get on to today's show. Um, it, it's later in the day than we yeah. normally record, so it's going to come out a little bit later, and that is because I've been out today. Mm, yeah. I went out to the the empty office where my partner normally does her writing. Yeah. There's no one there, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly legal for me to go and do that. Yeah. And I've spent the whole day there, but I forgot the microphone. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't. Um, so we could do that, and it's about an hour and a half. I'm not getting public transport to and from it because I, I think that would be selfish at the moment of me yeah. because I don't need to go. Sure, um, sure, sure. sure. Uh, that's just a personal view. I don't want. That's not like. Please don't write in. I don't. Don't know worry. If I understand it, everyone else will. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I but, do. No, no, but I mean, I just don't want anyone to think from that that I'm saying if you have to look, the government is don't shit. Worry, darling. The world is a nightmare. No yeah. one like t- just take it easy, guys. Um, <laughs> But but I, I I walk there and back. It's an hour and a half walk, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I forgot the microphone, so we couldn't record until later. But I've spent the day out and about. Mm-hmm. How I, feel? Well, I I was out of the house from eleven until five thirty, mm-hmm. um, and I was at my at this desk from twelve thirty till four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did quite. It was exhausting working for that long a period uninterrupted because I'm not used to it. Yeah, it was, we changed up how we do that. Yeah, yeah. It was so strange not being in my normal routine, not being. I mean, like it, and it was quite emotional. Sort of, it was almost like a sort of return to normality. Was really hard. I, I was like a mm. kid in a sweet shop. I went and got lunch. The I got a chicken kebab. Oh wow! I got a chicken doner kebab. Oh wow! I got That's brilliant. I got drunk fruit food for lunch. Because that's what I was like. I was like a drunk teenager. You were high quite near Har- on being yeah. out. <laughs> you were quite near Harringay Green Lanes, right? Did you go there? That's that's where I went. Oh, wonderful! So I got. God, proper, I miss Harringay Green Lanes. It was a really good kebab because obviously that's a, you know, a Turkish neighbourhood, and oh, I don't know what to say other than add a Dr Pepper with it. Oh, fun! That's Which quite a good kebab drink, isn't it? Well, it's. I don't think it's traditional to Turkey. No, not necessarily. <laughs> but it might be traditional to two in the morning. Well, we we uh we played we played a game. Up, have a Dr Pepper. <laughs> yeah, we played we played a game the other day um, where uh, we played a game that I came up with called Softs in the Loft, oh, God. where Johnny had <laughs> Johnny had to guess which soft drinks I'd bought on my travels, and I'd filled a rucksack with them. Yeah. But to guess, you have to say um, Daddy like. 
and then the soft. So daddy like Rubicon, and then uh, and then daddy, who's me in this scenario, mm. checks in the loft because um, he's got all the leftover soft drinks from his son's wedding. Because we made like a whole narrative. Okay, I'm going to say the following things. Um, yeah. Okay. First of all, yeah, you edit this show. Uh huh. It will be entirely up to you whether or not that little story is kept. I'm. I mean, I'm proud of it. So, if anything, I might cut it out, copy and paste it, and do it twice. <laughs> well, I just think, is that what people are listening to this show for? A game that makes no sense that they'll never understand. But is quite a good indicator of like where my creative brain is at. If that is my idea of fun right now, <laughs> okay, is fine. having you say "Daddy like Tizer" and me go, "I'll just see if I've got that in my loft." I just think, out of context, it sounds more weird and kinky than you think, and certainly more than it was. <laughs> but I think everything's out of context now, isn't it? We've lost context, God. <laughs> 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 Kinky. It's the, Hang da- on. It, the game you insisted. That oh, it's we daddy, say like. daddy like. Well, yeah. I mean, that was just a bit of fun. Yeah, I just think. Look, I don't know. It's up to you if that makes it in. Uh, I'll never know. Well, to be honest, I mean, we know that we are probably on quite a tight time limit for this episode because of the nature of um, oh, yes, how that's... difficult things are at the moment. So I probably can't cut it. <laughs> yeah, the other thing I was going to say is, uh, at the start, is not only is it late, it started at two minutes to seven, and we've now, yeah. it's now seven minutes past seven. Um, I have a very short window mm. um, before I have to put my daughter to bed, and uh, Josie is not willing to bend on that because fair enough she's had the the kid all day she's exhausted so mm. we've got to get this done really quickly my laptop is on seven percent my oh. daughter is getting out of the bar. your daughter's on nine percent <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably true so one of those is going to give and maybe we won't have enough material to feel confident that we can take out softs in the loft much much like some of our <laughs> earlier live shows. Or more recent ones, actually, well, let's really. be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Oh. I think our more recent ones have been pretty great. We've got we've we definitely got better. Do you miss gigging? No. Yes. Yes. No. I don't know. I'm in the same boat. I I actually understand those four answers in succession. I really miss performing and I really miss in the interaction between us on stage and the, I really miss that thing you get with a live audience, the atmosphere, the sort of thing mm. sharing with them, the feeling that you're that everyone's coming together into one thing. Of course, uh, I haven't missed traveling. No, I like I yeah. I obviously don't want to be stuck in my house for the rest of my life. Um, but I've been on the road for much of fifteen years. Yeah, and I was already finding it hard to do as much touring as we're doing, and then I had a kid. That made it hard. So I, I don't miss... What I love is that we are doing three or four gigs a week at the moment online. Mm. And if they start at 8.30, I need to get ready at 8.25. Yeah, of course, yeah. And quite often, like, there's been times when we've had to go and perform for 15 minutes in Nottingham. Mm. And it's a nice and we've been on, yeah, and it's we've been on reasonable. the Megabus. We've been on the Megabus because we left it too late with the trains and they're now more expensive than the fee. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, man. And you yeah. sort of you leave at nine in the morning to do fifteen minutes at ten o'clock that night, and then come back the next day having stayed in a tree. You know that I don't miss any of that. Obviously, mm. that said, that time when we went to Nottingham on the mega, we went to Nottingham on the mega bus to do this gig, <laughs> uh, and it was a well-paid headliner slot, and 
we just I'd just come back from paternity leave and we were both nervous about returning and our financial situation which was dire and maybe we wouldn't normally have taken this gig because if you're a club comic um the fees are, are they're not phenomenal but they're good but if there's two of you it's it's rarely it's half it's half yeah it's usually just yeah. half some people are good and the, and the travel extra. is double yeah and the travel is double unless you've got a rail card a two together yeah. rail card in which it's two thirds yeah um, and we share a hotel room and like, we do if we share a hotel stay, room, so that's good which is good but um but but um we got the mega bus up because we'd missed the boat on cheap um, yeah, exactly. The, the, the boat, the boat didn't have any space left. Uh, there was so, no uh, boat to Nottingham. It turns out, but we'd missed the sort of if you miss if you get cheap trains to Nottingham, they can be about a tenner, and in, instead they were going to be like hundred quid. So we we couldn't justify it, except I got so upset on the mega bus that I booked us return tickets the next day first class on the train for, for so much money. Oh, we and blew I didn't all the cash. It. I blew. I just I was so up. But the thing is, is it was. It was an unusually bad megabus situation. It was, it was overbooked um, mm. with, um, with very um, sweaty tourists who had vomited down themselves. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was hungover and drunk people who, who weren't. It was a horrible situation. And then they all came along to the gig. <laughs> they did. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yeah, I, th- I think I, I concur with you. I think I miss, I miss the camaraderie of touring, and I think that that. That obviously applies to my friendship with you, but also the sort of, you know, I miss, you know, meeting the the tech and like mm. and the front of house staff, and then you have some people that maybe you sell a couple of CDs afterwards, and someone might buy you a pint, and then an old friend that you haven't seen in a long time who turns out has moved to Leicester or whatever yeah. will show up and say, hey, like you know, next time you're in Leicester, we should go for a pint. Like I do miss all of that stuff. Hang on, so, so your dream. The thing you miss is someone saying, I haven't got time this time, but next time maybe... <laughs> but next time. That's how low my expectations oh, right. <laughs> are of my social interactions. It's, it's been nice to see you, but I have to go. Um, no, I do understand yeah. that. And also, I think there's a... You know, we get a lot of sense of identity and, and value from mm. doing... The, I think everyone does, from, from doing the thing that you're passionate about. Yeah. And we're passionate about doing this, and that's why... We do it because um, otherwise we'd do something more lucrative, I guess. Um, although maybe we can't. Uh, but no. and I think there's something. So, for example, this evening before yeah. this happened, I was feeding my daughter with mm-hmm. my partner, mm-hmm. and my daughter, who's two next week, mm-hmm. had a segment of orange, and Ooh. she sort of sucked on it and yeah. pulled a bit out with her teeth, then passed it to Josie. Yeah. Josie had some. Mm one segment of orange and then said do you want the rest of this i genuinely thought i want i want to have more self-respect than to have than to eat this segment of orange that has been in two other people's mouths already but i don't and so i did and then you notice you'd already finished it yes. by the time you'd so, had that thought so I, I think i think all those things are bound up <laughs> um, and i i i think that is you know when you become a parent you find yourself do like well, our dinner is the peas that that she didn't eat with yeah. something that was on the floor that didn't look too awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think going back to work will be very good for me, but I don't miss it yet, is my answer. 
Yeah, I think that's totally fair. The tra- like, I don't, I don't really miss trains. But then again, maybe once this is done and dusted, I'll get on a train. It'll be the most exciting thing I've done. You know, maybe it'll reinvigorate a bit of my love for the road. Um, well, going out today, as I did, and working out of the house in a sort of office, which was it's a, it's a sort of it's an office space. It's a, it's a communal office space. Um, uh, lots of charities operate out of there. We've got little mm. units, and then in the middle is like a sort of central um, uh, b- b- kitchen mm. and some hot desking areas. And it was entirely empty, but for me and the caretaker, like there was no one else there. And uh, so it was a very strange um, feeling generally. But but I did sort of go, this is quite exciting being out and about. This is, you know, it's a bit like being, you know, I think you will find being on a train. I also found it very emotional and overwhelming. I can imagine, and like it's a big. It's it's only been eight weeks, but it's been. It's weird. I felt yeah, like I was gonna, and also there were lots of people on the streets because I where I live is sort of cul-de-sac-y for mm. London, and I don't really go out beyond it very much. And I was surprised by how many people there are out and about, and also, and I, I've said this to you before because I had to go up and get a prescription. I had to go to the main road where I live mm. to the yeah. high street. Just the number of people on when I'm. When I'm sort of in in really be, the, the the way when you're in sort of really urban areas, sort of high streets, mm. the the number of people who are out and about are vulnerable and ill. That seems mm. to be, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of felt incredibly sad and yeah. uh, unhelpful walking around. The people on the high street were people who are really struggling. With a mm. with something, whether that's mental illness or homelessness or both or addiction or something that makes them incredibly vulnerable, and it it that just and are seemingly so forgotten. It was devastating yeah. to walk out and about. For me personally, although I haven't really done nothing positive apart from try to support the charities that uh, that that um, that work to do things like that, certainly uh, places like um, Crisis and the old fire station in Oxford where we do a lot of work. But I... I um, oh, it's very sad. Oh, I know, man. I know. But it's not all, very helpful me saying that. No, I'm not it's, really doing no, no, anything no. productive, but it's on my mind. I wanted today's episode to be about teachers, I've just remembered. I wanted us to talk about that. Oh, with James Lance? No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to James Lance? I don't know. I mean, I I always remember. We all thought of him as the next big. We thought, but I remember thinking after Spaced, I was like, this guy, you know, he's gonna he's gonna know, be the new Elvis, boss I hog. Yeah, I thought he had all the qualities of De Niro, mm. Cliff Richard, yeah, Anita Dobson, and Sting. <laughs> God, that'd be a nightmare. I genuinely, I would have thought James Lance would have been the next Olivier. Or Whitney Houston, but neither yeah. in the end. What happened to James Lance? I don't know. Listen, we're nearly... It's very it's, much time I've for I've only got about ten me. minutes before I have to do this podcast, so if I get in the bath... You get in the bath. Put her in the bath with me, and then I might have that That's only do... That's a private conversation, before. and I'm okay? doing yeah, I'm, things. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Could you hear Josie? Uh, yeah. And I, I, I wanted to give you some privacy, so I started seeing to myself. But then I realised you're wearing headphones, so you're trying to listen to Josie explain something quite important whilst I'm going. Well, um, uh, I'm going to have to go. It's bath course, time, and I've fine. got to bath my child. Um, we, 
we've beaten the clock. This has been quite a long episode. Yeah, 20 minutes. And uh, the computer's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll never know what happened to James Lance. Write in if you know. Yep, or if you're him. Or if you're him. I don't think he listens. Well, I he, think he probably, does. We don't know what else he's got on. Um, yeah. If you enjoy listening to this show, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Johnny and the Baptist, where you can uh, support us regularly. Or if that f- seems uh, baffling and expensive, you could buy us a one-off coffee at ko-fi.com slash Baptists. Either way, hey. you'll be able to unlock the extra content uh, which is some songs and some videos and uh, um, an additional weekend episode uh, of Mm -hmm. this podcast every single week. Um, Tomorrow I'd like to talk about teachers and what's going on with them. My sister's a teacher my mum was a teacher. I'm very upset about um, the government and uh, this isn't a political podcast by any means but I think there's something I want to talk about so if you could remind me. And also we will have to address James Lance. Yeah, totally. I'll ring him. Um, lots of love. Uh, go go and bathe your child. I love you, and I'll speak uh, to you tomorrow. I love you. Bye. Bye, dude.